spidey senses tingling. Your host for Paper Keg Issue 61, the Slim Millionaire. Slim is with us this evening. Welcome to the show. Paperkeg.com. Setting records. I have one for next episode. I got one. Uh, Paper Keg Podcast, the original recipe. We talk about industry news, the books we've read new and old. And uh, we do a little book club. Yeah, we all read a book and we talk about it. This week, none other than the famous Jeffs, Smith, Bone. Uh, we also ask for letters. You know, you're a listener, you're a friend of the show, shoot us a letter, email. It's a big part of the show, and we, we value every sure. letter that comes across this uh, desk. Yeah, the internet desk. Yeah. Letters at papercock. <laughs> okay, edit, <laughs> Sorry, edit, back. please. We'll edit. <laughs> letters at paperkeg.com, and we'll read them at the end of the show. Assuming you keep them under 700 characters. Was it? We'll see. Wow. Whoa, that was some bass uh, coming at your ears. Back on the show. Let's go around the room. Let's do you it. Know? This guy over here. You, you're tuning in for the first time. You're a little scared of this rap music. You're like in the 61 background. episodes. How do I jump on? Uh, well, we make it new listener friendly. Friend, uh, that saucy voice you just heard. He's a published writer. Rations Magazine. He's a member of the Internet TV troupe, YesHello.TV. Check it out on the Internet. He's a Batman genealogist. Oh, yeah. He is Mark Wade's number two fan. Oh, man. We'll find out later. Don't start. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark Farrington, at Farrington says on the Twitter, welcome back. Good to be back. What's good, y'all? You. You're good. Uh, on the show. God bless. I didn't know you missed me. Uh, let's go around. Unpublished. Total zero. He's got a kid on the way. You're right, Slim. You're right. He uh, He's a big fan of the Batman animated TV series. Uh, and Metallica. Metallica, too. He likes too. Metallica. They're coming back in a big way. That band... Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show. Thank you uh, for coming to the Paper Keg Show Den. And I'll have you know that all my unpublished works are intentional. And I come to you with zero credibility, folks. That's what we ask. That's <laughs> all we ask. Uh, podcast bad boy. Family man. Uh, he dabbles in the alcoholism. <laughs> Wait. Uh, that's alleged. Alleged um, webcomic aficionado, VP of merch. VP of merch. Thank you. What's the kind of comics that has talking animals? What are those called? Anthropomorphs. Anthropomorphic. Let's get the intern on that. Let's let's uh, yeah. whatever he just said. You're an aficionado. Of that too. 
It's true. I dabble. Can you handle that title? Oh, I can handle anything you throw at me, Slim. Welcome to the show <laughs> on the Twitter, Dale underscore A. Uh, thank you. It's good to be in the Paper Cake Show Den, Jonesy. Uh, thank you for having us. Um, I'm staring at your beautiful katanas right here on the windowsill. Thank you. Beautiful katanas.net. Uh, let's get into some news, huh? You got any hot news items for us, newsman? Yeah, you know, the first segment of the show, I mean, you know, we're just going to get right into it, right? Sure. The Avengers, steamrolling on. I've heard of them. Number three all-time globally. We thank you for tuning in every week for the year of hot-button Avengers news. You probably don't have any of one of those news readers on your TV. or RSS your, what? Yeah, what you know, that? your old... We are Germany's source for Avengers news. Stuxnet. So, wunderbar, Hermany. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, How long have you been waiting to whip that one out? <laughs> yeah. A couple weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, so uh, that's it. Number three, huh? Number three all time. Take that, Dark Knight, you big dummy. Yeah, you big... Bruce Wayne, huh? Being a big dope. Trying to be real with your cape. You heard about this, Mark? I heard about this. Batman's a dope. Who's the first two? Uh, It doesn't matter. Titanic and the other one, Avatar. Avatar? Avatar, yeah. James Cameron is one and two. Do we think Dark Knight Rises is going to take anything near Avengers? No. Not, not, not possible. Uh, it if may. Jonesy says no, that means yes. Everybody, congratulations to the Dark Knight sure. Rises. He does say that Metallica is a great band. So <laughs> we know right there. I guess, I guess in. you don't have Ride the Lightning on your iPod. This just in. Jonesy just killed himself on the podcast. <laughs> in my own home. That's just my severed head talking. You know, I just saw a uh, MTV trailer, new footage from that movie, and they showed uh, that's like close to that scene where he's dancing with Selena Kyle. He was using the cane in that scene. Was it really? Yeah, so he comes back to Gotham, like, decrepit, I guess. Maybe his back's still broken. Alleged. Yeah, alleged. Alleged. You know what? Robin Williams probably. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that. The more I see of that movie, the less I'm excited for it. What? No. I know, right? Batman genealogist. Think about this. Batman begins, like, blew me out of the water. Dark Knight killed it. (laughs) Dark Knight Return, or Dark Knight Rises is just... It can't live up to the hype. It can't be as good as the first. So two. you don't think it's going to be slamming, Mark? Alleged, alleged slamminess. Another alleged negative. Another alleged point. You two hour and forty five minute runtime. Really? What? Really? Oh, daddy. Yeah. That's what? That's yeah. a lot of bad. <laughs> That's going to be. <laughs> well, Dark Knight was like what two and a half hours? I don't know. I think it was pretty long. It was yeah. kind of long when you watch it again. Well, I mean, he. I don't know. It's got to be a long movie because he. It, he's like in the some kind of. Area on the planet where he's got a beard and he doesn't yeah. just want to die. He just wants to die. I don't know. That's going to be a half hour on that segment, probably. What other news items do we have? Hold do we on. have any other ones? Oh wait, hold on. I need I need somebody's help. A bat fan, if you will. Sure. Whenever I think of uh, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne dancing, I always always want to say, you know, mistletoe is deadly if you eat it. There we go. Is that news? A kiss can be deadlier right. if you mean oh, it. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. This, Continue. Uh, uh, news thanks, segment number two. Slim, uh, push stop right now. We're, we're done. We're done here. <laughs> Editing that all out. Get in the car. Pound it. Pound it. Uh, what else we have in the news, Dan? Well, uh, Dan Land, rather. Uh, AMC Theaters, speaking of The Dark Knight Rises, uh, going to run a little movie marathon. First two Batman movies before the midnight showing. The Dark Knight Rises, and it's yeah. two hour and 45 minute runtime. So you're not getting to work. You're not getting to bed about till about four thirty, five o'clock. How long was the Avengers marathon? Because that had to be near. Oh boy, yeah, that was uh, six epic. How many movies was that? Five, five, five movies plus oh, before God. midnight. That was oh, five movies. 
so they're going to do a, this something very similar, and uh, you know it's it's cool not for the fans. Hey, so boy. you can get you know a bunch of dopey teenagers in there watching all the movies with sure. you, screaming up. at the teen, uh, you know, screen playing some kind of words with friends, prostitutes dressed up like Selena Kyle, prostitutes. Yeah. Wow, That's slang. I um, heard it on the street. Speaking of really? uh, yeah. speaking of prostitutes, <laughs> gay Green Lantern. Alan Scott, you ever heard Let's of this talk guy? Talk about it. Oh, can I be honest? Nobody knew who Alan Scott was. Until I was knew speaking. who he was, and I wasn't happy to hear it. Whoa, you know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, it does homophobe. make sense now, though. You know that infamous detective comic runs by the broob made of wood. Okay, how long have you been sitting on that one? This it's is, about ten seconds. This is it wasn't very well thought out. Literally the worst episode Jen's ever. I apologize, new <laughs> listeners. As his, as the can of Yingling is in his hand. <laughs> If you look at like James Robinson's reasons for making Alan Scott gay, was it his reason? It was his reason. Oh, right. It did... was in pre New Fifty Two. Alan Scott had a son, superhero who was gay. First gay kiss, I think, back in ninety eight of a mainstream character with another man. So because we didn't have that character, he just made Alan Scott gay. It just seems like it's making it from a quota based system as opposed to like a character based motive. Couldn't care less that they're he's getting gay, all this, They're getting all this press, and even my mother-in-law was like, who's DC making gay? And I was like, what is happening right now on this planet? How does she know And then I was DC like, uh, it's Green Lantern from Earth 2. And then she's like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, instantly, well, nobody cares once you tell them what's happening. Right. Isn't like one million moms mad about it or something? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, and, uh, well, take sorry, a poll? sorry, I brought one it million? up. They're, they're, I brought it up, my bad. You talk about the fire, so I don't get it. I don't get that. It's just a major PR move. There with the hype. They got more PR than Marvel did for yeah. the wedding. Oh, Absolutely. gay wedding! Didn't gay get wedding. enough press as this gay Green Lantern. You know what? You're right. Because because Marvel, I don't think made an announcement to Advocate Magazine about it. You know, I think that's a whole. They were setting it up with all this PR with you know. Gay websites and stuff about gay dot com. It's a top hit. Gay. I'd even argue though, DC has more. Oh, crap! What's the stupid quote? DC has more household name characters than Marvel. Everybody knows Iron Man, Captain America, but mm-hmm. you say Superman or Batman, you think of comics. They you did, think Superman. They Batman. did a good job teasing it out. They like did. Some yeah. icon oh, yeah. is going to be gay now. Exactly. Nobody cares about North Star. I mean, t- in like overall mainstream, the mind share. If you, will. we're running out of time. We need to get into the books. You're welcome for that new segment, Americans. Uh, I want to start it off. You know, I teased a little earth-shattering news this week. And you're, you're going to drop the news? I'm going to drop it second. right now. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, long-time listeners know that I'm a huge Wolverine fan. Maybe the hugest. Dot net. <laughs> I went back and reread. They have a mobile app just so just for a friend. Wolverine Origins. We might have gotten the audio of Josie's mouth dropping in that clip. Oh, my God. I love it. Wolverine Origins, quite possibly the most hated, most awful comic book ever produced by humans on Earth. I went back and, and read it. Why, Daniel Slim? Way. Why? I did a lot of soul searching this week. Spent a lot of time on the toilet, no doubt. Basically. I had a lot of 7-Eleven barbecue chips, okay? I had a lot of time to kill. And I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I read it once. Well, no, actually, I was going through my long boxes. Interesting story. Going through my long boxes looking for a trade uh, called Wolverine Bloody Choices. Anybody ever heard of that? 
Not ringing a bell. Because nobody talks about it anymore, because it involves Wolverine going after a child molester with Ooh. Nick Fury. Wow. Uh, mm. uh, I actually lost it, so I now have to get another copy. Uh, comic Book Shop in Delaware, if you have a copy, I'll buy it. Um, but the... Official show sponsor? The That issue, he he's in, I think, Madripoor, and it's um it's not Sal Buscema. I think it was. It's one of the. It's the Buscema that drew the original Wolverine series when he was wearing the blue like pantyhose outfit. Remember, remember that one? All right, we're getting sidetracked. Um, but anyway, he goes after this child molester, and it was the '80s. And I don't think anyone ever talks about this book anymore. It's amazing. So Wolverine Origins. Maybe I was wrong. You know, I found all these copies of Wolverine Origins in my long box, and I was like, I bought all these. I don't remember anything. Maniac. So I, I went back and read Origins and Endings. That was like right before Origins started. Uh, Daniel Way wrote it with Mark Texiera, classic Wolverine artist. Uh, still garbage, that little run. <laughs> Wolverine Origins has the Steve Dillon on art. Remember? Pun- Punisher artist? I remember, yeah. Uh, so he's rolling around in his, his uh, black and tan costume, and he has all his memories back. The premise is he has all his memories back, and when everyone finds out, they freak out because everyone in the government uh, has abused Wolverine in some capacity. And they're all cozy because he doesn't remember any of it. <laughs> so um, they all crap in their pants because Wolverine has his memories back and they're all going to come after us. So that's the premise of um, some of it. That actually sounds really cool. It, it is pretty cool. It is. Um, so Origins and Endings involves him finding out that he had a wife and unborn child murdered by the Winter Soldier. And this was a job that the Winter Soldier had to do. So he, Wolverine, uh, finds this out. The timing was really weird because the Winter Soldier murdered his wife uh, when Wolverine was like trying to find peace, and he had an eye patch. So I'm not sure the era because Winter Soldier, I don't think was wasn't active until the 70s. I, from what I understand, the premise of Winter Soldier is he's active. Every couple of years and just goes back into the freezer. Do you remember when he first became active? No. It was right around the 40s and 50s, right after he was frozen in ice. Oh, I thought, I thought he was frozen cat. and then they didn't do tests and then he didn't come out until the 70s. But the timing was really odd. Um, but the the thing I didn't like about the origins is they give you like so much information like way too soon. Plus, I agree. Steve Dillon's art is not a good fit at all for this stuff. I don't know why they went with I remember him. not liking Wolverine's nostrils in that run. <laughs> Am I right though? Uh the other the other thing I really hated was because they created this Romulus character which was uh, the worst character in history. He was billed as the guy who was behind Wolverine's like entire history and he was behind everything. But obviously he wasn't alluded to uh like ever until this run. And I I stopped reading because I didn't want to read any more about his son uh Dakin, Dakin. And uh, I don't know. I stopped. It's not as good. It's it's still not good. I got you. Uh, the one redeeming thing I like about that first trade is the interaction between Wolverine and Cyclops in that final issue, where they're in. The, uh, is he going after Nuke? Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, he was responsible for Nuke. Right. He like it comes hard. to light that he he was the one that made Nuke insane. Mm-hmm. So um, at this point. Uh, Wolverine has the Mormasa, which is the blade, only blade capable of killing him because it goes against healing factors or stops healing yeah, factors. The, they, the, yeah, the, he has this mystical sword that can cut through anything, and the reason it was forged was they hung him up from a tree, and he, like, sweated into this pot, 
and they like made the blade out of like yeah, liquid it was adamantium. It was. It didn't even. It didn't make any sense. It didn't. But I did like the <laughs> moment where Wolverine takes the sword, and he's about to kill, and he sheathes it and gives it to Cyclops, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I know, come hell or high water, you were the only one that will use this to put me down, right? And I trust you with it." And how far we've we've come. How far we have enemies come. again. You know, fun fact, you tried to kick me off the comics podcast because I like those first 12 issues. They weren't that bad. They had one of the best Captain America Wolverine fights. Um, they fought to a standstill right before that yeah. issue. You by the way, listeners, about. that's why there is no more comics podcast. <laughs> I think that's why it ended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wolverine Origins, I could go on at length, but we don't have the time. I have such vivid memories real quick uh, because I've never read it, but there was one Wizard World, like 06, 07, where like every booth had... Wolverine Origins comics, and they were just the, up your A with the cover, bone claws. Like, yeah, the the first cover was an awesome Quesada cover where he was like this rabid Logan right next to a, like a pond. Oh, with the wolf. Yeah, and then a wolf next to him, and then the reflection was or reflection was him, but like out of costume or in costume or something. It was in his golden yeah and brown costume. I mean, there was there were some interesting spots. I just the the Wolverine backstory is something that shouldn't have been revealed to that depth. Yeah. I agree. Um, let's move on. We're blowing our time wad. Mark Farrington, Batman genealogist. What do you got? I went back to the archives. I went to one of my favorite single issues written in my lifetime, Countdown to Infinite Crisis by Grant Morrison, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, and Greg Rucka. I love this book. This book was written back in 2005, starring Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, and it showed Ted Cord running around the DC universe. He was the only person who knew that something was going down. He knew that things weren't adding up, heroes weren't acting right, and stuff was going on funny. So he goes to Batman, says, I need help. Bruce blows him off, says, I'll look into it. He goes to the Justice League. They blow him off and say, don't even worry about it, Ted. We got it. The only person who will help him is his best friend. Uh, tragedy ensues. Fights break out. Battles are fought. He loses. He manages to track down the source of all of this angst and anguish and all of the conspiracies happening in the DCU. It turns out to be Max Lord. He confronts him, and unfortunately, it costs him his life. This... Spoilers, by the way. This was, hands down, one of the greatest single issues ever. It took a D-rate character like Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. And it made me care about him. And I've known about the guy for over 20-some-odd years. My description is not going to do it justice, but those four writers, Grant, Greg, Mark, and Jeff Johns, there's nothing they can't write. There's no character they can't write. This was written back in 05 to introduce Infinite Crisis, 80 pages for a dollar. Wow. I remember those days. No, no one's done that for a while. No one's <laughs> done that for a good long while. It was a good promotion. And at the end of every chapter, it was kind of left at a cliffhanger but it flowed right into the next one then it would have a little message at the bottom said continue to read uh, Secret Society or continue to read Mm. the OMAC project Mm. but it was a self-contained story and this is something that I have handed to people trying to break into comics for years say where can I read just read this you don't need to know anything and they loved it they have come back and asked me for more Infinite Crisis build up he's still dead right Blue Beetle he is still dead New 52 dead that is correct. Yeah, is he, he, wasn't, he wasn't brought... Gay dead? He's gay in Earth 8. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the parallel okay. universe. Is he gay the in Earth <laughs> See, I just made that up, and really? I could have fooled you because DC is so insane. You uh, never know. Why didn't they bring him back for the New 52? I think one of the reasons they introduced the guy who followed up 
uh, Ted Cord, Jaime Reyes, is because he is Hispanic. Yeah. So to bring to keep Jaime, it would make it a little bit more diversified. Yeah. Plus, fans makes, like that character. Sense. Maybe he'll be in uh, World's Finest. I like him in Young Justice. Yeah, they'll probably he milk it for one of those next wave number ones when they cancel a previous issue. You know, of course. That's all they, that fandom. Yeah. This is the perfect book for somebody who just wants to check out DC. They're familiar with the characters, but they want to get a little deeper look. And on Comicsology, it's only a dollar. Oh, God. You won't be disappointed. Oh. Is that um, have anything to do with 52? Like, is that pre-52? Because it's the You're same writers about... on 52, right? The the 52 issue the weekly series they yeah. did yes this is the shot that started it all oh okay so from here they did four six issue miniseries uh-huh. which led into their company line wide crossover infinite crisis which led into 52 oh okay 52 was that was like one of the first DC books I've ever read 52 yeah a did lot of people it? love that that was hefty did you like it great I loved it yeah I liked it too it was good Jonesy loves self pity. <laughs> what uh, what did you read this week, my I, friend? I want everyone to chime in on Amazing Spider Man Annual number thirty nine. Amazing issue. Uh, Spidey is at Horizon Labs. His buddy Grady comes up with another cockamamie invention mm-hmm. where you can store things outside of the time str- uh, time stream. So that you know, food will never spoil, or if you want to transport organs, they'll they'll always be viable. But he realizes that if you store it outside a time stream, everybody forgets about it. Everyone does oh, that. Cool. You know what I mean? So you know, Spidey gets zapped in a very comic book way by the invention, and then Allah, it's a Wonderful Life, gets tra- transported into a world where he doesn't exist. And of course, you know, the world is so much better. Um, Mary Jane is is starring in a version of Iron Man where she's the starlet. <laughs> That's uh, great. J. Jonah Jameson is the president, and he's balanced the budget. And there's like economic, uh, you know, boosters everywhere, and there's no deficit. And uh, Horizon La- or uh, Norman Osborn comes up with a cure for cancer, and like the world is just like this awesome place. And there and there's was never a Peter Parker. So um, Pete, you know. Um, Succumbs to some, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, he goes to Uncle Ben and uh, Aunt May's house, and Uncle Ben is alive and well, and he is at the age he would be if uh, he never died young. So Pete, you know, is like, uh, oh my God, you don't know who I am, and it's starting that whole comic book speech when the Avengers are like, there's a temporal thing, we gotta go avenge it. So they'll show up to get a hold of Pete. And, you know, there's that explosion and an earthquake and he becomes Spider-Man. And at the end, Spidey gets closer back to his original timeline. And there's, you know, there's some great action there and uh, great Spidey moments. But at the end, um, uh, Ben Parker is still, not Ben Parker, Uncle Ben is still alive. And he's waiting for Pete outside of Horizon Labs. And he's one of the last things that hasn't gone back to the normal timeline. And, you know, Pete runs out and Uncle Ben's about to fade away. And he's just like, Pete, before I go, I want you know, I've always been proud. And there's always a need for a Spider-Man in the world. And he disappears. And Pete just has this smile on his face like he finally got the one thing he's always wanted. Aww. It was Beautiful. amazing. Hasn't that happened like nine times already? I don't know. Com- in, I don't care. Spider-Man comics. You can't troll me right now, bro. No. 
I that feel like that's happened in issues before. It where has. he like meets up with Ben and Ben just kinda like, you know, Oh, you're doing great, buddy. Why I gotta take this away? There was the one <laughs> there was the one uh it was no, I think you're right. Last year last year Spider Man Hulk and Deadpool annual had that. But he ended up in a time stream where Ben was like uh like a like a sports playing kid's dad and he was like mm-hmm. all like mean to Pete because he wasn't training hard enough and he was all mean and uh, just a mean guy and stuff like that. Ben was? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. House of M. Pete met Uncle Ben. House, uh, House of M uh, was married to Gwen Stacy. Right. You know that? And JMS had him meet Uncle Ben. Which this is like this is here. like the Wolverine Nightcrawler issue where all writers have had a Uncle Ben <laughs> Pete a shot. Yeah, the, well, they're one issue for the run. If you guys could do me all a favor and pee on my parade right now, <laughs> <I'd be out. laughs> Dale underscore A, uh, you've been called a internet celebrity, internet celeb for short. Your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I have thoughts on that. I don't know if I should reveal them here though. What did you read this week? We're we're running out. I'm going to tell you what I read, and it's amazing. Marrow Bones. What? Number one and two. No. Yeah. Marrow Bones. What's this book all about? Marrow Bones is a an Eric Orchard John, mm-hmm. as they say, in Philadelphia area. That's a slang. Um, Marrow Bones is, a, is an all-ages book put out by this cat, Eric Orchard. So he sells it on his website in PDF format, cool. so it's not in print yet. It's not in any sort of digital apps. It's uh, you pay the creator, and he sends you the book. And uh, Marrow Bones is about uh, Nora, who works for her uncle at the Raven's Feather Inn in the Marrow Bones Cemetery. And uh, it's an all-ages book. There's ghouls and goblins all in the cemetery. And she meets this little vampire, Ollie, who's basically afraid of everything and anything. He's afraid of his own shadow. So it turns out, as as you find out, he kind of boarded himself up in his tomb, and he's been living on, like, bugs because he's too afraid to approach or go near anything. And Nora uh, needs to be rescued out there in the um, in the cemetery. She's approached by some sort of goblin or a ghoul, and uh, Ollie, like, breaks out. He, like, finally gets up enough uh, courage to bust out of his tomb and help Nora. And and it turns out that the ghoul was just looking for directions. Like it's very beautiful. It's very all ages and cute. And there's no scary parts in this book. But it's it's uh, like um, I don't know, maybe kind of like a Nightmare Before Christmas vibe. Yeah. Okay. I, I was trying to think of that. Yeah. Yeah. The description. Um, and her her uncle who owns the Raven's Feather Inn. Uh, the Raven's Beard in is a werewolf, and there's like an old lich that he trapped in the basement with a chalk. Like he was like encased in a little chalk cell, and he was had chicken bones, but the chalk wore off on the floor. So he like wanders up to the kitchen and starts like making dough, and the dough turns into like little dough zombies. And uh, it's just adorable, a re- adorable little book. Uh, there's issue one and two is out now in the, in the PDF format, and. Uh, and if you like one, definitely go with two because two f- is just a, a real higher quality. I mean, one is a is a beautiful book, but two, it just seems like it's it's crisper and the lettering's nicer and the colors and the drawing is. Really what do you nice. prefer to read your PDF comics in? What app? Um, I I've had most of my success 
um, with the the Kindle app because you can get you know your own e- Kindle email address. Yeah, it's how you upload it to the app, right? Yeah, and that's mostly because I don't have to like leave Chrome. I can just email it to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you can maybe do it in iBooks, and there's a few PDF readers, but honestly, I just haven't spent any energy looking into it. Yeah, I tried Comic Zeal for PDFs. The, new, the interface for that is kind of odd to use. I texted you on how to to sort. Like I, I didn't get it. Like sorting books. When I was uh, in my class a couple of weeks ago, I was actually scanning PDFs and reading them on my iPad on Comic Zeal. Uh-huh. It was fine for me. It's just like adding because you can sort books. Because I had Robot Thirteen. Remember that comic? Yeah. yeah. I had the PDFs yeah. of that, and I, I couldn't figure out how to add them into a series. It's like not intuitive at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I know what you mean because. It's, there's a lot of like right hand side swiping yeah. towards the right to try to organize things in Comic iBooks is okay. I don't know. It, it's weird. It's, it, it does a weird uh, zoom thing when you go page to page. I think depending on how big the files are, it mm-hmm. like pixelates right after you. It loads like right after you load the page. It's, oh yeah, it doesn't load ahead. And that's I think that's a limitation with also with Kindle. Either I can't remember what because I remember trying to load something pretty hefty, mm-hmm. but it's, I know Gmail. There's a megabyte limitation. On the uh, attachments you can mail out, and I think Kindle has a, a limit on the size of the PDF you're sending your email address. But uh, Marabones works fine, and, and I know the uh, the Steve Niles like pieces for mom. Steve Niles works. What's his website? That Eric uh, Orchard Cat. Oh, I think it's um. Is it Marabones dot com? No, it's actually not because it's Eric Orchard dot com. It might be Eric Orchard Inky Bat. Inkybat.com, which Inky I don't think is on also Twitter. Think is Twitter, yeah. We Good stuff. need to get to the lightning round. Two sentences or less. Another book you read this week. I'll go uh, first. Do it. X-Men Legacy. I was going to use that one. Tough beans. Not my first sentence. 267? X-Men Legacy continues to embarrass every other X-Men book on the market by at least 10 miles. Fact. Except X-Factor. No one reads that. Which is a measurement of embarrassment in miles. <laughs> Just so. But that's rebuttal. rebuttal. Mark Farrington. Well. Um, <laughs> He's out of books. I was going to do X-Men Legacy. You can do it. We can double up. Go into the archives, Mark. (laughs) Mental archives. X-Men Legacy number 267. X-Men is the greatest superhero franchise being written right now. Christopher Gage does a darn good job of taking the X-Men who are neutral off the sidelines in their war with the Avengers. Christos? Christos Gage. Thank you. Secret Avengers, number 27. Smackdown between the Mighty Thor and Marvel. Not as lame as it sounds. Conan the Barbarian, number four. Thank you for knowing Dark Horse. That's why I did it. Uh, Becky Cloonan is off for the beginning of this arc. Oh, God. And yet, it still gets better. What? Thank you, James Harron. Got a rebuttal for the Conan. Wow, your nostrils flare right through the mic on that rebuttal. Uh, phone. 
Are you on a book club? We are. Jeff Smith, the famous bone. Frugal gourmet fame. No? No. Jeff Smith Smith bone. I remember hearing about this. This is another one of the big books. You know, it's in the uh, Swamp Thing Sandman League. Oh yeah, that's a. This is a big book. You know, where you hear about growing up. A lot of pressure. Lot you know, of pressure. it's in libraries. You might call it quintessential comic reading. Sure. Maybe. There you go. Q- QCR. It's a Ooh. QCR. It's cute. Um, Jonesy loves synopsis. If you're still awake and sobering <laughs> up, can you give us a little? And I'm going to make this short and sweet. Right. I promise this sure. time. Okay. Bone. Think if the Smurfs were cool and you wanted to read a comic about them. Three members of the uh, town of uh, Bone Town, Boneville, Boneville, Boneville rather, uh, Phony Bone, Phone Bone, and Smiley Bone get driven out of town and are lost in the desert with a map. They uh, get separated by a locust swarm and they all end up in this magical valley and they run into many different kinds of creatures like a dragon rat monsters a beautiful young maiden named Thorn and her grandmother and the inhabitants of Barrel Town a place with, within the valley they all get to zany adventures together but there is a sinister force out to get them the end <laughs> um, who wants to who wants to give their thoughts on this one first? I'll I'll, uh, I'll take I'll give it a go. Podcast family man. So uh, a lot of pressure from the tie tie. A lot of pressure to read this book. Comic book shop Delaware show sponsor. Saratitis uh, has pretty much wanted to throw me down on the curb a few times when Curb's I told time. her I've never read Bone. And I'd like to uh, thank them for pressuring the reading of this book. Yeah. I uh, I literally had at least one hearty chuckle per page because of Bone. Mm-hmm. There is a lot that um, reads like a kid's story. I mean, there's like maybe at some points uh, very jumping around on the plot like he's here. And he's been living in the forest. Phone Bone's been living in the forest for months. But in the next panel, you know, months have gone by. And, and the, uh, the the opossum family or whoever comes up to him. Yeah. But I had such a, an enjoyable time reading this book. And the just the crazy plot that this, this takes you on. And, and some of the insane dialogue that just makes you laugh out loud. Because it barely has anything to do with... The story at times. Um, I think that's my best summation. I mean, and the I've it was originally put out in black and white. Yeah, <laughs> I love the color version. I think the color version does wonders. Yeah, I think you can get the collected color version on like Amazon. Um, but I, I'm not sure has the single issue, have the single issues ever been put out in color. Not that I know of. Ones, I think the digital ones on Comicsology might be the only color ones. Possibly. Um, adorable. That's pretty much my only note for the book. Is adorable. Adorable. That's a great word. Uh, if he if he needs my quote on the next like remaster, 
and just put adorbs on the back end. On the at, Kickstarter. At Slim. The bone Kickstarter. You can use that if you want. You've I, been talking like a 13-year-old girl for like the last two hours. You want to talk about dialect with me, Brozef? Yeah. Kilt. I'm going to kilt you. Set it off. Let's go. <laughs> Not during bone talk. Oh, uh, come on. God bless. <laughs> I told Jonesy I wanted to say God bless through this podcast. I stole it. throwing it at my face. It's your own fault for telling Jonesy about a new trend wanna, you're I, trying to start. This is the last time and only time I ever told Says the man who reads the comics off my list. Bone is a great all ages title. Uh, I'm late to the bone train. <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, I've noticed. The Owly book was really my first introduction to Adorbs All Ages. Mm-hmm. Love Owly. Love it. And a lot of the mannerisms in this book with uh, Phone Bone and you know his reactions to things. Um, just a great uh, reactionary artwork. You know, he he can tell a story with, uh, you know, Bone's facial reactions, his, his eyebrows, um, you know, the great scenes where he, like, is smitten with Thorn. Oh, yeah. The uh, human uh, girl that he encounters in this, you know, this savage land, if you want to call it that. Uh, this is the, A lot of the interactions between those two where, you know, she touches his leg and, like, the heart flutters around his head. He, like, falls off his horse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um Cheeks blush up a little bit, mm-hmm. eyes widen. Yeah. The, and I remember the the what I remember about Bone is that huge wasn't huge, but the one I don't remember where I saw it, but the it was like a cover almost of him overlooking this beautiful landscape, and I think it was issue one or two where you see the full widescreen of it, where he's like coming out of a ridge and he overlooks this gorgeous um, scenery. Oh. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeff Smith is amazing. Ton of detail. He's an amazing Ton. artist. Um my first introduction to his stuff was Razzle actually. I read Razzle before I read Bone. Um, um and that came after Bone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Work it backwards. I it's a it's a, just a great book and I I know I, I remember hearing that this is like in libraries. You know, this is a book that kid like in schools like kids read this. This is a perfect book for kids to read. Mark Farrington, your thoughts. Two thoughts I had with it. Let's go with the art first. You hated it. Loved it. Bone needed a cape. <laughs> the art was very Carl Banks-ish. And Carl Banks is the guy who created famous Disney comic creator. He did uh, Scrooge McDuck, DuckTales, hmm. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, mm-hmm. all okay. of those guys. And so as I'm looking at Bone, that's the first thing I could think of. Like watching the way his cousin, who's quick to get angry, Phony Bone would react yeah it reminded me of donald duck yeah and then the other thing that i kept feeling in this book it felt like winnie the pooh at times Hmm. it was just simple and cartoony and every time i started to maybe just kind of fade towards all right this is a kid's book and i'll just start skimming through it something happened or i laughed out loud and it pulled me back like there was a moment in issue three where He's trying to impress Thorn, and they're out doing chores. She goes, I'll do the dishes. No, you do the dishes. I'll get the firewood, and we'll go. We'll meet up later. Thorn wants to impress this girl. He's smitten over. So he says, wait a minute. That's a man's work where I'm from. Yeah. You do the dishes, and I'll do the firework. And it's just six panels. It's three of Thorn's reaction to him saying this, and then three of Bone trying hard to even lift an axe out of a tree stump. <laughs> and yeah. I was just cracking up. That line where... um. He goes to pick up the axe, and he's dangling from it. 
And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, something manly, chin-ups. <laughs> Go do the dishes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're right You're right about the animation style. Like uh, a lot of the scenes where he's in the forest and you see the creatures in the darkness and you just see their eyes or the, the outlines of them. Right. Reminds me of that old school Disney animation mm-hmm. you know, that they don't really do a whole lot anymore. Exactly. And it, I didn't realize how much I missed it until I saw it again. And biggest compliment I can give this book is I'll go buy volume two. Absolutely. Yeah, I, there's so many accolades I can give this book, but you know, I I read this book uh in a laying down bed with the, you know, three pillow scenario propped up and just, you know, paging through it. And there were a tons of times where I was like I would laugh or chuckle to myself, which I rarely do out loud. And then when I got to the last page, I literally went, "Oh, cuz I was done." Like I yeah. thought I would, I thought I had another issue. And uh, I mean there's just so many funny moments that catch you off guard like the the one that springs to my mind now is when Thorn is going to take a bath so they're friends so they're going to they're going to go bathe in the river together <laughs> yeah. so she takes off her her robe and she goes in the uh in the river and it's like it's a kids book so you never you don't see anything but you see the whole reaction in the phone bones panels Cause like he's like kind of like trying not to look, and she's like, "Oh, I have a bar of soap in my skirt. Will you get it for me?" And then when he bends down, he looks up and he sees it, and you just see like the shocked look on his face. <laughs> and then and, yeah, and then she's <laughs> like, uh, she says, remarks that he's using the soap the wrong way. Yeah. And he was just, he wasn't and like in my head. I thought he was like, "What is he doing with that soap with her?" And then she points out that you know you've almost eaten all the soap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, uh, great enjoyable uh, read. And I think uh, most of all with Thorne, but you could just tell Jeff Smith could do it all. I mean, Thorne, you know, as far as a, a female on a on a drawn page, I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah, like it's totally different than how Bone looks or how you know exaggerated Grandma looks, the the cow racing Grandma. Like th- he has this whole spectrum of styles all in the same book because Thorne looks like she could be an X-Man or something along those lines. Like or even had... a Disney princess the next page. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, right. like humanistic features. Then you have Phone Bone there and Grandma with the exaggerated jutted chin and her low forehead mm-hmm. and the dragon is very cartoony. Yeah, there's a dragon. Yeah, The, the dragon with the furry ears. When... Uh... Thorn showed up. I was like, so I knew so little about Bone that I didn't know there was human characters. So when Thorn showed up, I was like, whoa, where does it come from? Yeah, and I actually think that made it better for me because, and it's and that she was featured so early on because then it's like it's almost, you know, it's a it's an it's a fictional kid story anyway, but it's kind of like re- sort of relatable because there's humans in the story mm-hmm. at that point, and you know, it gives a, a, you a perspective of there's a human world. And phone bones just trying to live in it at this point. I love the uh, sequence where Grandma hasn't ar- arrived yet, but uh, Bone and Thorn are kind of maintaining the cabin, and he's trying to convince her that there is a dragon, and this thing's following me around. But he, you know, he's just doing it so you can't see him, and you're like, you don't believe him either. You're like, you know, come on, we know you saw the dragon, but the dragon, and then uh, he goes at water from the well, and the dragon's head pops out of the well. Yeah. And he just makes fun of him. I love He's like, it. I'm just trying to, I'm actually definitely just doing this. So <laughs> Just to mess with you. <laughs> I think it's so wild, too, how the valley he's in now, nobody knows about Boneville. 
and they just think he's making everything up. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, we're going to help you get back to Boneville, quote, unquote. And yeah, you nutbag. Yeah, you crazy weirdo. Crazy bone. And uh, the the way the volume one, it totally makes you want to read volume two because, you know, they're all everything's getting good now. I mean, they're, they've... It's a direct cliffhanger. Yeah, the three bones have met up again, and uh, they're ready to, uh, you know, go to the cow races that Smiley Bone is... Or, uh, Phony bonus is going to fix. I thought the endings of the issues were really odd. How they're, I like the issues ended and then I scrolled to the next issue in the collection and the cover like showed up. I was like, oh, that was the end of that issue. I feel as though when Jeff Smith wrote this, I know it was obviously published monthly, but based solely upon the way it ended, if you were to tell me he wrote this in one big volume and just started cutting it, all right, that's one, that's mm-hmm. two, that's three. Yeah. That's how I felt the book was divided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these to call them cliffhangers wouldn't be do them justice. It was just right into the next page. Yeah, they flow yeah, was, directly almost by panel. It, yeah, it was, like, it was like a Terry Moore kind of situation, like with Echo last week, how it's just like, you're just going to have to read the next volume. There's no closure. It's just happening in the next volume. You know, listening to you talk about Artdale, it makes me realize how much I missed uh, – non-superhero art where each character is designed differently and each you can Mm -hmm. see their personality you could see the lumbering bar owner who can be intimidating you can see kind of the withered grandmother who obviously has a past and is not afraid to roll up her sleeves and fight thorn at times looks like a cute little girl and at times she you could see her becoming a girl that bone would easily fall in love with Mm -hmm. and I think to the opposite side of the spectrum, your comment about the sword, how everybody had the same Beavis and Butthead jawline. It's no, it's nice and refreshing to see yeah. different character designs. And and even so with the those rat monsters, I mean, they were kind of frightening. I was scared. Uh, you know, when they all started closing in on the uh, Thorn and Bone, but just the way they were designed, I mean, there was an as- there was a there was a fr- you know frightening aspect to it because just they look so peculiar. But it just shows the gamut of what Jeff Smith is drawing mm-hmm. in the uh, you know from the little leaf insect Ted to Bone, the cartoony Casper looking, yeah, to Thorn, the you know the probably the most human. How about the sinister Grim Reaper character who is sort of oh, yeah. I guess the mastermind of. The rat monsters trying to chase Phony Bone. I thought that was, I mean, it's it's all part of the story, and you've got to wonder what the heck is going on. But that's the only part that stuck out to me, like how young can of a kid can be reading this? Because there was like a mention of uh, you're going to die or we're going to kill you kind of Your thing. Your like, soul, I There's thought. definitely like the word kill and die in it a couple times, which I thought was a little weird just because I questioned about how young. Like, I don't know how... When are you going to let Grayson read it, your son? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I'm going to have to go to parenting.com. He's already read it. He's already read it. The parenting forums. (laughs) (laughs) Find out, because I don't know how yet. Uh, Last word on Bone. Jonesy loves Bone. I think if you want to just be entertained rather than really have to think and you want to enjoy yourself while reading comics, go pick up Bone. We got your letters I'm gonna open them up Farrington's gonna read them To you Letters at paperkeg.com We'll uh, read them 500 words or less, preferably <laughs> Catcher. 
Um, catcher, we're we might read your email on the fireside. It's so long and enjoyable. Mark, He's not joking about that catcher. Did we get any other letters this week? We did, and I'm going to start with Jeff's in Lehigh. Shout out to him for being bulleted and using the two sentence format. Love it. Paper keg, welcome back, Farrington. Don't be a podcast stranger to the keg. I'm back. We love you, Mark. Love you guys. Miss you guys. It's will, been fun. Will you be back next week, Mark? Can you give us an exclusive? I'll be back next week. There you go. There you have what? it. He's back. You heard Two episodes first. in a row. You heard the base first. is back. Somebody make a shirt about that. You know what? <laughs> I will be on until we schedule our paper keg meetup. Paper keg meetup oh. could be getting a date Wow. Soon. And since nobody will tell me when it is, I'm going to be on until I hear the date. <laughs> Next one is at Ramsden. Did I pronounce that right? Maybe. Probably not. Yeah, he's on so. Twitter. All right. Exoronius. Thanks for writing in. Dear Abby, I've been struggling with which titles I should be getting digitally and which I should pick up from my LCS. Comicsology has turned me on to more stuff than I would usually pick up. However, I tend to switch over to the LCS once I take a liking to it and want the title to be on my pull list. He loves the Comicsology pickups and all the sales and all kinds of stuff from them but finds it really hard for me to get a same day as digital book instead of paper unless it's something entirely new for me that I haven't tried. I guess it's my inner comic book guy. Should I feel guilty for only getting sales and stuff from Comixology while leaving my regulars to the LCS? Which titles do y'all get digitally and which do you get in print? You know who's the per- perfect uh, person to ask about that? Dale underscore A. Mm. How do you manage? Uh, that's actually... I can completely relate with you, Ramsden, because uh, I had the same problem. I love my local comic shop and uh, the official sponsors. I want to support them with everything I read. So even if I uh, read something digitally, I want to go back and pick it up at the store, and I do that a lot. You get a lot of hardcovers too, and right? I get a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of hardcovers and and trades. Um, but my tight. I mean, I got to kind of try to tighten it up because my I, I have like I don't know. Especially with this AVX business, I have so many print comic books I'm buying right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I mo- honestly, I mostly use Comicsology through my LCS's digital storefront for uh, all the 99 cent sales. I mean, I've just blown mm-hmm. my wad in the yeah, past couple your weeks. Your money wad has been blown probably ever since the Avengers movie. Like every sale at Comicsology has been on point, and I've bought so many hundreds, hundreds of comics. It's where I buy my, my digital books from the comic shop in Delaware. Um. Any as as far as anything strictly print di- digital or, or actually I've been trying to Incredible Hulk. I've been buying strictly digital. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good book. Yeah, yeah. And then issue eight made me throw my iPad across the room. <laughs> um. Other than that, I'm I'm doing it all print. I'm right there with you, Ramsden. Right there. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I I think I've switched to almost all digital. But I do love to just grab the stuff that I can't get at, at the LCS. Like, for instance, right behind me, I had that D&D hardcover that our show sponsor was nice enough to track down for me. Hmm. Like, something like this, like, I want to own and put on my bookshelf, so I will go the extra mile to find it. But, to, I mean, to be honest, with my work schedule and, you know, with the wife at home being with child, there's not the time for me to go out for 20 minutes, half hour to the comic book shop, so... Digital is just convenient for me, and I, you know, I'm in the web. You know, I think uh, Manhattan Projects too. I just picked up recently all mm-hmm. the, all three issues digitally. 
I save my digitals for the sales at Comixology. I love them a lot. And especially those runs or collections that, to me, are timeless. The ones that I know I will reread again and again and again. Or if there's a single issue that I know and I love and I'm having a hard time tracking it down, I'll go to Comixology. But there's some stuff in my trade collection that's just a point of pride. Like, it took me years to track down the original prints of the 10 Starman trades. And there's no way in heck I'll go digital with them. I love them. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. All digital for me. Yeah. Uh, Watchmen, just... Watchmen just came out. Triple dip. Loikid. Got that in digital. <laughs> is that a Pat Loika? You like it? I did. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I don't. I am the opposite. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big hardcover guy. The only hardcover I would ever get is probably gonna be the Fear Agent Omnibus. Oh, oh yeah, can you I'm imagine? Get it. Can you imagine? So we good. should do a, a, a tweet up for that too. Oh my god! I don't when care. that when that goes digital, you know, I'm gonna plunk down the cash for that too. Look at it. I'm gonna look at some Fear Agent look so hard in its face. Uh, I've been known to. A double dip on a lot of stuff I have in print just so I can have it uh, on my iPad. And yeah. The stuff that I do buy digital, I buy from the comic shop's digital store. I did that with the um, the Ultimates when uh, Comicsology had the Ultimate Universe sale. Oh, yeah. I basically just bought... I just, oh, yeah. Just add all the cards. Let me tell you. Did you, know, you buy Ultimates Volume 3 and Ultimatum? Uh, no. I, I actually own some printed Volume 3 and I really don't enjoy it. Yeah, it's okay. awful. Volumes just 1 checking. and 2 or the Ultimates are... Where you get and where it's at. An Ultimate War, I love. Oh, that just got the CMX HD upgrade what? a couple nice. months ago. I don't it have is. a new iPad, but I am turning 30 in a month there, Friends of the Show. So you, wow. want, the, you want the Friends of the Show to buy you an iPad? Of course is that what's not. happening? I'm not is that what's happening right now? You know, you're right, Slim. <laughs> <laughs> self pity reverse troll. Immediate. You know, I truncated part of Ramsden's email that really deserved to be read out loud. Do you want to do it on the fireside? I got two sentences. I can say it before the credits roll. Right, do it. Enjoying the heck out of the podcast. I think I may have to go back and listen to all the oldies. Tried to listen to it on our trip to North Carolina and was told by my wife I had gone over the deep end with my nerd and listening to a comic podcast. High five. You tell you that way yours. We just mentally high fived you. The nerd folk over the women folk. Where you, did we go to the same wedding? I was just in North Carolina. Maybe you guys were at the oh, wedding. That could be crazy. We you brought, you guys probably to had a drink together. Oh, yeah. he may, we were a casino night together. He, he maybe had, stopped by Farrington Street. You never know. Yeah. You're a popular guy. He replied and uh, thanked us for going a clean podcast and not cursing. I saw that. He, I saw that. He replied to you, and uh, I don't remember what opinion you had on it, but he thanked you for it. Well, he's never I said thank it me was, for it. it shows a slow wit. Oh, okay. Swearing. You're a smart guy. Thanks, Every now Mark, and then. when you're on the show. When uh, did I get the Jonesy treatment? At least I show up. <laughs> Physically. What a show. What a show. Good show. Does this go into the Super Win column? Uh, this is another one where it might go to the barrier of the end of the Super Win column and break into a category I have yet to name. That mic is really close to your mouth right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, next week. Mm. You're going to announce it in the fireside? We'll or? announce it in the fireside. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. You know, tell your friends. Review us on iTunes. Uh, thanks to everyone. We hit download records last week. Yeah, it was amazing. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, everyone except Mark and Jonesy, thank you. We'll see everybody next week. You're me.
Catcher, uh, catcher, we just instapapered your email. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> also I, I gave uh, Mark a fresh bottle of water because he'll get parched about the fourth or fifth. Uh, I wonder if Ramsden knows that we have a fireside segment on the show. That's a great. I'm always question. curious to know how many of our listeners know that we talk for a few minutes after the show ends. I think it's only Catcher and Doug Garvey, to be honest. Fiendsta too. Uh, the fiend. What? You know what? On this fireside chat, though, I'll take it in a serious route because I feel a little bad about a comment I made earlier. A racist comment? No. Yeah. Oh, a you don't comment that could be potentially perceived homophobic. as homophobic. I remember it. I'm, I etched it in my brain. You know Which what? One? About what? Alan Scott, I didn't like the fact that he's gay. Have no issue with gay people. You I have no issue with gay characters. Yeah, I just took it as you didn't like the fact that they were screwing with Alan Scott. Sweet. Yeah, I, I didn't take it that way at all. And I'm well, I'm pretty dense, so it's a I worry. Fact. Gen Z loves being dense. I worry because now right, people are going to start to come. <laughs> people are going to start to call him Gallon Scott. How about that catcher email? You want to read it? No? Yeah. All right. Or should we, we do a fireside to the fireside? It's all that again. We're running out of time right now, the fireside. <laughs> all right. Somebody time me. Ready? I'm ready. Right From catcher, show listener. What can I say about Bone? The first time I ever read a comic was at a public library when I was eight or nine. Who knows? Maybe there was a Superman title, possibly some X-Men, but nothing that stood out except for this one black and white comic. Up until that point, and even to this very day, I had never seen anything like it. Thick wooded forests with monsters that were so detailed and scary as all hell. In fact, right? the whole world felt dense, high detailed, and more adult than anything I thought comics could be. Its title character, in contrast, was an adorable character designed with little to no detail. He had a childlike innocence in a world that was far too grown up for its own good. He was expressive, without effort, and perfectly encapsulated the themes of the book. I went back to that library every time I could for the next 10 years, trying to find more issues. I never did. When I was in the second year of college, a bookstore set up shop in the cafeteria. To my surprise, they had had a complete collected paperback edition, and without thinking, spent the last 50 bucks. I had to my name on what would become one of the best and most important pieces of storytelling in my life. Wow. Excuse me. Took a drink. Like all great stories, Bone is a metaphor for life. Sometimes it's confusing, awe-inspiring, scary, but ultimately it's an epic on a mammoth scale. We are challenged, we struggle, we win, we lose, we push our luck, but at the end of the day, it's us deciding what's important and meaningful to us, and we defend it at all costs. Bone is the book you read to your kids before bed, but it's also the book you read after your kids have gone to bed. Like all the great morality-slash-fairy tales that this book borrows from, the lessons we learn from this story will last forever and with any luck inspire us even further. Hopefully you guys go on to read the whole book because it really is a whole story like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, or that sci-fi trilogy I won't name. Drops the mic. P.S. How amazing is the character design on the Hooded Locust character? Perfect speech bubbles. You know, he actually made a lot of points in this email I agree with. You know, we made fun of his email, but that was... One of the best emails we've ever gotten. It is. It's absolutely, yeah. Two minutes, three three seconds. You know the sad thing is? Was it really? Yeah. You know the sad thing is? He did a better job analyzing it than we did. He did. I think so. He made it personal. I'll probably edit out us and just replay his email. (sighs) It is the Boone segment. But do it in like a robotic voice, like Stephen Hawking's (laughs) voice. If there's anything Catcher said in here that is absolutely true, this is the book that you read to your kids before bed. And the one you read after. And the one you read after. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. For an animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a callback, folks. Callback. Come on, D. 
Um, I had a rebuttal to someone's lightning round. What was it? It was Dale's Conan. Oh, I was so annoyed that I missed that sale they had that weekend. They did the uh, first two or three Conan issues for nine cents yeah, each. Yeah, yeah. I was one of those yutzes that waits you and then it. forgets. Yeah, that's the problem. If because you know you want to wait and buy it off the web and not off the, your iPad. Right. But that's what I do anyway. And then mm. you end up forgetting and you see the tweet five minutes after the sale ended. You know. Oh. My and biggest... you ignore that only half hour left. You're like, I will get to it. Yeah, and then your wife or your kids need you or something. I tried loading up their app uh, the other day. <sighs> no, no go. Yeah, they're poor app. I mean, they're uh, it's it's it'll get you through, but not they had a, when they had a Baltimore sale the weekend, right? Or it was a piece of the big sale. Baltimore yeah, books we, were on sale. Yeah, the Baltimore books because it was like a vamp- our vampires are better than your vampire oh, sale. Or I miss that. Yeah, the Baltimore sale. Yeah, crap. Um, they had a Boba Fett book. What's is? Do you follow any of the stuff that's going on Dark Horse at all? Um, not the Star Wars stuff. I know. Yeah. Does he die for real or something? Or I hope he... not. Love that Boba Fett. Bobs. A Sarlacc pit get you every time. I have one problem with comicsology. MC Chris, well, let's hear it. Well, I am a customer advocate, so I want to hear what you think. It's it mo- mostly the sales on Fridays that kill me. After Fridays, after work, long hard week, I like to go chug back a few with the boys. I go home. I'm a little buzzed at this point. You Reach do. for my phones, look to see what the comicsology sale is. Forty, fifty dollars later, I go to bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. They never should have some strategy. sort of like... And you never read the comics. And I never read the comics. <laughs> and then when I'm going away vacation, it's like, I bought that? Oh, yeah. I guess I did. Mm-hmm. I'm never unhappy with the purchase. Sure. Right. It's just sometimes you don't second guess yourself. Yeah, they should have a buy it now. And because I clicked on this price, if I wait 24 hours, I can still get it. So I can confirm if I want that purchase. Cool down. Well, Thank you know, you. it's Chip Mosier is the one who wants to schedule that to coincide with happy hour. Because <laughs> he yeah, knows. We, we schedule all our sales with a, with scale, <laughs> yeah, sales with a happy hour conjunction. I, Business you know, is booming, isn't it? It's Mark, booming. Uh, I, I've been known to throw a couple back and just hit that tap, tap. tap you know what tap, I'm talking tap, about. Tap, 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 tap. Mm-hmm. You can I, save yourself tell, some taps buying from the web. Seriously, well, it's terrible. I, had all the I decided not to do that when I bought all the new X-Men run. I have a carpal tunnel and one drunk of the evening. <laughs> I may or may not have made a decision on to buy a couple collections after a six-pack. It's like, eh, do I, re- I have it in trade and I have it in print. That's how I justify the sale to myself. I go drink. I'll do a couple if beers. I'm like, no, I don't need it. Right. Well, let me have a beer and think about it. Exactly, exactly. And then after a couple beers, it's, you know what? I do want that book purchased. And then you buy the uh, RoboCop Terminator crossover, and then you want to <laughs> uh, you want to terminate all human life after reading it. Terminate yourself, exactly. Uh, anything else before we uh, wrap up another successful endeavor? Uh, what do we need? Well, we we got the uh, show next week's book should club. Should I spoil the inherited news that I talked about at the dinner table? Uh, uh, if you s- want it to not happen, yeah. <laughs> wow. we do have bad luck with the revealing news in the show. Do you want to save that, that for a segment in the news segment? The next episode, or do you want to save that for a fireside? Yeah, I'd rather fireside it. Fireside it? Yeah, we'll still, really we'll still for it for next episode. Okay. And we'll, we'll, I'll try not to talk about Wolverine Origins for 20 minutes the next episode. Actually, I enjoyed that conversation very much. I still have a lot to say. We can do a special <laughs> Wolverine Origins bonus episode let's and record release it. it. Quick, let's record it. It'll give us an extra week. That'd be pretty funny if we did. Nobody would listen. <laughs> yeah, everybody would listen. Catcher would, and then draw a comic about I, it, because we love him. Um... I'm actually thinking about recording a special Wolverine. No, we can't, we, it's, it's silliness. You're it's thinking silly. about it, I though. am thinking about You're it. You're going to go home thinking about it. <laughs> no one I character deserves their own special episode. 
no one character. We got to wrap up. We do. We'll talk you about challenge accepted. We will. We got to wrap up. Book. We'll. We have some special news to reveal next episode. Maybe about a, a, a little tweet up. Tweet up. You know, we'll tweet up next uh, book club. Potter's Field. Mark Wade. Mark Wade Boom Studios. What? Uh, your podcast's favorite writer. Gotta love that Mark Wade. Potter's Field. I never love heard that. Can't of that Mark Wade. Never even heard of it until love we looked at guy. the little Google Doc. Who is that? You're at? That was me. We we've gone mainstream. We have a Google Doc. We've got right Google now. Docs. We're, we're we've collaborating. Books of the week. We'll yeah. see everybody next week. Good night. Love you. Peace.